John, who's going? We're doing cell phone, okay? We're going cell phone style, the front row. All right. We've upgraded our tech a little bit. You've noticed we might we raise the TVs off the ground. I was always afraid of some kid hitting like the stand and knocking the TV on themselves. So we put them on, a, attached them up top. We've done some upgrades to tech, and we for some reason the live stream piece is giving us trouble. But we're gonna work on it this week, and we'll have it up for today. My wife has to hold my cell phone in the front row, and um, thank you, babe. I'm so sorry. But um, we're in Lamentations chapter three today. Lamentations chapter three. And I'm gonna read our passage for the morning. Lamentations 3, beginning in verse 34. This is what it says. To crush underfoot all the prisons of the earth, to to deny a man justice in the presence of the Most High, to subvert a man in his lawsuit, the Lord does not approve. Who has spoken and has come to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good and bad come? Why should a living man complain, a man, about the punishment of his sins? Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You have wrapped yourself with anger and pursued us, killing without pity. You have wrapped yourself with a cloud that no prayer can pass through. You have made us scum and garbage among the peoples. All our enemies open their mouths against us. Panic and pitfall have come upon us, devastation and destruction. My eyes flow with rivers of tears because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. My eyes will flow without ceasing, without respite, without respite, until the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. My eyes cause me grief at the fate of all the daughters of my city. We're in Lamentations 3. Jeremiah has written this book. Jeremiah is a refugee. He is a man who ran away from his home. His home was being attacked by the nation of Babylon, and he fled to Egypt. On the way out of town, he watched his city, his home, his friends, his neighbors, relatives. He watched them surrounded by a foreign power. He watched the people of God get knocked down. He watched the armies fall, the king killed, the walls torn down, the house of God burned to the ground. He saw it all. And this book, Lamentations, is Jeremiah's lament for the awful things he has experienced and for the awful things he has seen. But in this moment, his lament takes a turn. The question now is asked, why have the bad things happened? When I was, uh, I, I was at a wedding last night, a young couple got married and I got to go there and witness the covenant. I love, I love seeing, I love seeing um, two people make that promise before God to love one another. And I was there in celebration and dancing and laughing and eating too much food. It was wonderful. I come home and I sit down next to my wife on the couch, put the kids to bed. And I'm like, baby, remember when we got married? And she gets up close and we're snuggling on the couch. It was a good night. Um, now, back in the day when I first started dating Angie, I lived in Chicago, and she lived in the Thumb of, thumb of Michigan. She lived in the Thumb. I was in Chi-Town. It's like a six-and-a-half-hour drive. I could make that bad boy in five hours. No lie. <laughs> I would leave Friday after work, get in my car, and I would just, 
I would gun that bad boy. I hit the skyway and I would just fly because I was trying to get home to my baby. You know what I'm saying? Now, in those early days, as I drove so fast, it was uncommon to see the gray rocket going 95 miles an hour on the highway. And sometimes um, the keepers of the law in this land frown upon such things. So more than once on my journey, I get pulled over. Now, for years, for years, I had no points. So they'd pull me over. Oh, yeah, good record. I don't want to ruin it. They'd let me go. I got let go all the time. It was awesome. But one dude, one day, said, you're going 95 and a 70. I'm going to get 10 over. That's what you get. Go on your way. I'm like, okay. After that first ticket, no one else let me go after that. And they started piling up. And they, um, when you get tickets going real fast, they give you points in your license. And it turns out it's not Tetris. Okay, it's not a high score kind of game. Um, the higher your points go, the worse it is for you. So I got, I got so many points. I got a letter in the mail from the state of Michigan saying I had to go learn how to drive again. I'm like, I know how to drive. I drive fast. I, I'm a good driver. Um, so I finally we get married. Life is good. We have two vehicles. We got a newer car for Angie and a beater for me, right? Now, Angie's nicer car has full coverage on it. You know what full coverage is? That means if someone hits that car, we get money back for the car, right? My beater car has PLPD, which means if that car gets blown up, I don't get a dollar for it. All, all, all that insurance covers is if I hurt somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Crazily, full coverage on Angie's car costs less then no coverage on my car. I had so many points and was considered such a high-risk driver. My premiums for the first five years of our marriage were unbelievable. I used to gripe about it. I'd complain to people, man, insurance, man, cost me an arm and a leg. I'd say that. But if you were to ask me, well, why is your insurance so high? I'd be like, well, I don't know, because the man is awful, you know trying to keep us little guys down. That wasn't the truth. The truth was, I deserved that high insurance premium. I had lived a foolish life, and that foolish life hurt my, my, my present. My, future, my, my past foolishness hurt my present comfort. Jeremiah is reflecting. He's in Egypt, an old man. And he's lamenting what has happened. He's sad. But he realizes this is not some cosmic accident. We were just walking on the road and a rock fell on our head. Listen to what he says. He says, verse 40, let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You have wrapped yourself with anger and pursued us, killing without pity. You have wrapped yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can pass through. You have made us scum and garbage among the peoples. Jeremiah goes, you know what? I know who did this. It was bigger than Babylon. It wasn't some random accident. It was God himself. Jeremiah knew the reason for their shared pain was their own sin. 
Now, John, I've changed my, my point, so just give me the verses today. That's my bad. I changed it all up because my first sermon went so bad. So <laughs> the first truth we learn from this is, is very simple. God resists sin. He's not for sin. God does not think sin is funny. He doesn't high-five sinners. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Be sure your sin will find you out. I know for many of us, when we tell the stories of our lives, we try to paint ourselves as the victim. This happened to me. Poor, poor me. I was walking along, and out of nowhere, I got this stinking crazy insurance bill. But the reality for a lot of us is very simple. For a lot of us, we are the author of some of our pain. Like I did this to myself. When I was a kid, <laughs> uh, I wasn't very intelligent. And I really was, I was sitting at a, a lamp one day, and I was like, how does this work? Where does light come from? And I would turn it on and off. And I'm like, you know, the light just comes, the light, where does it come from? So I took the like, light bulb out of the thing, turned it on, and nothing happened. I'm like, the light isn't in this, it's, it's up top. I, I, the, I had an awesome thought. I wonder if, if I put something else in the top, that will bring light to the world. So I don't do this. I, I put my finger in the thing. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I'm like, okay, it's probably got to be on to work. So I put my finger in and I turn that bad boy on. When I woke up, uh, it literally, it, it, it'll, it'll, it, it shot me on my butt. I'm probably like five years old and I'm, I'm hurting up. I can't cry. So my mom will beat me if I tell her what I did um, in a loving way. Um, but I put my hand electricity and it burned me. A lot of us put our hands in fire. We wonder, why is this fire so hot? I mean, God's told us so much. And a lot of God's commands are not there to rob us of joy. They're there to protect us. When, I was, when I, my, my boy, was, my son was younger, I used to tell him, you can't run into the street. And he always got so mad at me for that rule. Because to him, the street was this nice, flat area to play. The street, you know, you'd bounce a ball there. It's, it's, a, it's a big runway for playing. And I always tell him, you can't play in the street. And he'd be like, Rrr. Well, that's why he'd run away from me, try to run there anyway, trying to, like, to, 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 to break dad's commands. He always thought I was trying to keep him from the fun. And I wasn't, was I? I was protecting him from the big, bad cars that could take his life. In the same way, God gives all these commands, and the commands of God are not there to rob us of joy. They're there to protect us from just heaps and heaps of pain. But many of us don't listen to them. For some of us, we have this thought, I must learn it the hard way or I can't learn it. <sighs> Jeremiah says, you know why Jerusalem fell? Do you know why the walls were taken down brick by brick? 
God warned Jerusalem. God sent Jeremiah and other prophets to tell the people, we are in sin, and if we don't stop, God's going to send Babylon to tear our walls down. Like God told them over and over and over. And the people are like, man, God ain't gonna, God's so good, he's never going to punish us. And one day, God was like, Jeremiah, leave. It's time for a whooping. And the whooping came. I'm not saying that all suffering is due to sin. But some of it is. We're not always the victim. Sometimes we are in sin and the God of heaven who loves his children must chastise his children. Must resist. Must go, hey, hey, hey. I, I love you and I can't let you walk this thing out because if you do, it'll kill you. Sometimes our pain is a result of our own sin. We have to stop pretending that we're always the good guy, always the victim, because we're not. Sometimes we're the bad guy. Sometimes we deserve the hit. Now, how do you know? How do you know when it's just, how do you know when it's God's hand against me or just the world spinning? Jeremiah says this He says, Let us test and examine our ways. Listen, if you're going through a hard time, just pray about it. Sometimes if I'm going through a real tough time, I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Is, is there some unconfessed sin in my heart? Am I living in rebellion to you? Something you want me to learn right now? I'll ask him straight up, Lord, what's going on? This is a crude illustration, but I'm going to use it anyway. Let's say, wake up on a given day, and my sweet wife is in a bad mood, and she's walking around, and there's some grumbling happening. Now, this doesn't happen ever, but I say it did happen. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. And I'm wondering, man, so I'm going to ask her, I'm like, so darling, are you mad at me or just having a bad day? And I'm like, she might be like, having a bad day. I'm like, okay, not me. Woo, all right, I'm good, I'm clean. I can ask, I can ask the question, did I mess up or did someone else mess up? Sometimes I go to the Lord, I'm like, Lord, what's going on in my life right now? Is this a result of my sin or is this something else? Like sometimes, like I got coronavirus back in March of 2021, 2020, 2020. That was not God trying to smoke my life. It wasn't God like, you were trouble, Nesto. That was just a world pandemic. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Some things just happen, and we endure it, and we learn from it. That's what it is. I knew in that moment that was not God punishing sin. That was me experiencing what many people in the world were experiencing. Things like cancer. There are many things we go through that are just, we live in bodies that are dying and, and our bodies just fail us. That happens to everybody. But there are some times we feel God basically playing zone defense against us. I had a buddy of mine was a minister, tried to plant a church. And this guy is a great preacher, likable person. And for years he preached and preached, and that church never grew beyond 15 people. I mean, he would do, spend money on billboards. He would like make these little DVDs, leave them at gas stations on top of the, the gas station pumps. No one ever came. And he prayed, Lord, why won't this church grow? 
The Lord told him very, in that still small place, the Lord told him, you are a proud man, and I will give you no blessing until you humble yourself. Well, then you got a choice. But Jeremiah in this moment is saying, this thing that's happened to us, this collective trauma we've experienced, this is due to the sinfulness of our people, our nations in sin, and God dealt with us. Again, I'm not saying that every bad thing that happens is God's hand of judgment. It's not. But you better make sure and make sure your heart is clean before him. You better make sure and examine your ways and go, God, this thing I'm going through, are we cool? Am I living in open rebellion to you? Is that get my attention? What's going on? Jeremiah in this text, he knows that God is against them. God punishes sin, and when God deals with sin, he's not a bad guy for doing it. He's not a bad guy. When God deals with sin, it is a just punishment. When the police pull me over and give a ticket for 25 over, I'm going 95 miles an hour, I deserve that ticket, don't I? I have broken the laws. I'm putting people at risk. Had a buddy of mine, got a job as assistant principal, went out to celebrate the promotion, drank too much, decided to drive himself home, got pulled over, and he blew over the limit. You know what happens to assistant, assistant principal in a small town when they pull over drunk driving? They lose that job. And that moment of foolishness set his professional career back 10 years. He quietly wants about it. Quiet about it, man. I feel, had a bad fall. Was it fair? That was fair, dude. You were drunk driving. You could have killed someone because you're stupid. You got pulled over. You got caught. You got fined. You deserve everything that happened to you. Sometimes... Listen, that's tough to speak these kind of words, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was at college one day, and uh, there was this guy, this, uh, there was, there was, people were wrestling in the, in, the, in the lobby, and this one guy was wrestling everybody, beating them up, and they're all smaller kids, and he's smoking them, putting them pretzels, and, and he was just being kind of a bully. And I'm like, I, I, we all, everyone who's a guy always wanted to say the line, hey, why don't you pick on someone your own size? So I said the line. So I was like, ah, ha, ha, So we're, we're, we decided we're going to wrestle. No one told me this guy was Allstate, Minnesota. No one told me. So I come in there acting tough. I'm a big, bad dude. I picked a fight, and guess what? That guy knocked me out in front of everybody. Sleeper hold, had me, fell asleep. Just like 15 seconds flat, I was out. I couldn't be like the guy picked on me. Made me fall asleep for everybody. I picked the fight myself. I walked in talking trash and got put down like a dog, dude. It happens. God deals with sin. And if we walk in unrepentant, consistent, foolish sin, eventually God's got to deal with us. What's very interesting in this text, though, is Jeremiah lists out the sins 
Israel was committing. And it's not what you would think it would be. Listen to the sins of, of, of Jerusalem. Verse 34. To crush underfoot all the prisoners of the earth. To deny a man justice in the presence of the Most High. To subvert a man in his lawsuit. The Lord does not approve. Most Baptisty people, when they preach about sin, it's like their favorite top three bad sins, right? Like who you sleep with, how much you drink, who you vote for. I, mean, I don't know what we talk. We talk all this trash, you know. And listen, these things are in the Bible. Well, not the voting part, but the other stuff's in the Bible. Okay, there are moral realities. A lot of times, preachers focus on the one moral thing that is their favorite and they go after that. But Israel was not crushed for her sexual immorality. She was crushed for her injustice. Look at what she did. She crushed underfoot all the prisoners of the earth. They denied men justice. They subverted people in their lawsuits. If you read Jeremiah and you read the sermons he preaches towards the nation, most of his accusations are how the rich and the strong are eating the poor. How the people are, what's the word, taking advantage of the widow or the orphan, the single mothers. That is the majority of the sin God condemns Jerusalem for. And we as a people, I don't know why, that's the sin we're silent about most as a people. In America, we take a lot of money taking advantage of the poor and the weak. There's money to be made. If you're greedy, if you're a little immoral, you can make some bank on people. I had a job when I was in college. I won't tell you it was who or where because I don't want to get sued. It was a summer gig. We provided a service to people. We would call, ask for our service. We'd drive to their house. But here's the deal. We had no listed rates on our website. They'd call how much to do this for our home. We wouldn't ask anything about anything. We'd just go to the house, and every one of our salespeople were told, when you go to the house, look at the car in the driveway. Look at how big the house is. Look at the clothes the, the people are wearing and charge what you think they'll pay. And there was a, a, there was a, a rate we had to get, and anything above that rate we got bonuses for. So we as salespeople, we were rewarded the more we squeezed out of people. Now, my, I was training under a salesman, and my salesman had a sweet spot. He was really good winning the trust of older women who were immigrants. Older Chinese women, older Latina women, older Arabic women. He would talk a sweet game, get their trust, and charge them a fortune for these services, and we would make bank. We were unjust. We took advantage of those who were the most vulnerable. People didn't speak good English. We took them for everything they had. I know many Christians 
in the, now we're, not in the, we're, in the, we're in the city, we're not in the suburbs. I know Christians in the suburbs, though. I've seen it so many times where a Christian will hire someone to do a job, do my driveway, redo my roof, do a job in the house, and the Christian will refuse to pay the, the person for their service. When we do this, we are unjust. Someone has come to our home or our life, has done a service for us, and we intentionally, willfully don't pay them? They need it when they survive, and we're playing along. You better sue me. I ain't going to pay you nothing. And we become the bad guy. If our businesses that we are a part of, if we take part in hurting widows or orphans or the poor, we are... God is on their team. And if you target the weak to make your fortune, may God strike you down for what you're doing. I've always said, you know a place is poor. You know a place, you know a city is falling down by the number of payday advance shops they have in the city limits. That's how you know when a city's falling down, when the payday stores start coming. You know the payday stores? They give you early paychecks, right? These legal loan sharks who charge unbelievable interest rates and keep people under their thumb for years. I always said, if I ever went to a party, some Christian fundraiser, I met some guy in a nice suit, drinking tea, he told me, how did you get your fortune? Oh, I own payday advance stores. I used to say, I'd punch him in his eye. But the Lord is working on me, so I don't know what I'll do now. I gotta do something else because I, I gotta be a good man. Like punches him in the eye, I'm, 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 I'm now I'm a sinner. So we're both sinners, dang it. So I gotta do something else. But I would resist that person to their face because that is not okay. It's not okay to say, "Oh, the poor have nowhere to go, no one to look to." Thought the advantage of them. There was a used car dealership in Florida. The, dealers, the, the owner of these dealerships became a Christian. Started doing some research of his dealership and realized that in the dealership, when it came to like wheeling and dealing for a used car, you don't go to a used car, you got to wheel and deal for a price. The people got the lowest, the people who paid the most for their cars were often single women. They go to a car dealership, didn't, maybe they felt uncomfortable, maybe they, they didn't have never, never done that kind of wheeling dealing. They often get pushed over by the salesman. They pay the highest prices. He saw this. He saw the people that were the richest often paid the least. They go in there, they're very confident, talk their big game. I don't walk in a way, I don't got to pay it where the poor need the car. I need the car. So that Florida car dealer decided we're going to stop wheeling and dealing. And we're going to offer one price for everybody. We'll make whatever we make for commission. Make it fair for those who are more vulnerable in our communities. Now, he lost business for doing that. People who, the rich were like, man, I like wheeling and dealing. You changed the rules. I don't like it. But what a godly business person. To say, we're going to do business in such a way where we do not hurt those who are the most vulnerable in society. In being unjust to people is sinful. Stealing from your workplaces, sinful. 
Lying about your hours. Not of God. <sighs> Lying to the tax man. Unjust. I know Christians love to pick one sin and say, look at those sinners, they're so bad. We love to feel better than them, but we're not. In God's church, there is greed, there is lying, there are takers. The reason Jerusalem was torn down by its roots is because the, 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 the nation of Israel, they ate their own poor. And God said, I will defend the poor and bring down your rich houses. And he did. Injustice is sin. As we go forth from this place, as we live in this world around us, let us be fair, let us be just, let us be merciful to those around us who have the least strength. Let us not be like those who hunt and prey upon the weak. Let us defend the weak. I love the way this passage ends. In verse 46, it says this, Jeremiah says, verse 45 says, you've made us scum and garbage among all the peoples. All our enemies open their mouths against us. Panic and pitfall have come upon us. Devastation, destruction. But my eyes flow with rivers of tears because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. My eyes will flow without ceasing without respite until the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. My eyes cause me grief at the fate of all the daughters of my city. So Jeremiah says, Jeremiah says straight up, he says, I know we deserve this. I know we deserve what's happened to us. And I'm still crying about it. Because it still hurts. Which means even when we're dumb, we're allowed to ask God for help. How great is that? Even if it's my own fault, even if I played the fool, disobeyed God, have reaped the whirlwind, even then I go to God and say, God, I know it's my own fault, but I still need your help. I go to jail often. I'm now a chaplain at the jail, which is pretty cool. I got to go to jail. And we, our church, amazingly, the churches don't come to the jail. They won't show up. They'll call us to come in and fill the week. It's awesome. We're in the jail all the time now. I mean, all kinds of people that are in the jail. I met one guy who surprisingly, most people in jail will give you the story, right? I didn't do nothing. I was framed. You know, jail talk. Some of the guys will tell me straight up, man, I carjacked some fool. I'm like, dang. Like, some people, some people will tell you the truth. One guy told me the truth. I did this. I'm facing this much time. I got to face the judge. He knows he's done wrong. He knows he deserves punishment from the state. And together, you know, we still pray for? We still pray for mercy. We're allowed to ask for mercy. I know I deserve this. I know I've been wrong, but Lord, it's hard. Please help. Please forgive. Please don't let the full weight of my sin fall upon my head. There's a reason David said, Blessed is the man whose sin is not held to his account. That is a blessing. There's 
so many stories I could tell. I was driving real fast to see Angie one day. I was driving her dad's car. I, I borrowed it, went to Chicago, was coming back to see them. I was bringing the sister back from college too, so it's me, the sister sleeping, I'm going to see Angie. Left around midnight, so it's like 5 in the morning. I'm almost to Imlay City on 69, shooting across. I got, the, I got the stinky cruise control set at 85 miles an hour, and I fell asleep. I don't mean I nodded off. Well, not, well then, you ever do the thing, the, I, 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 I didn't nod off, okay? I mean, I woke up. I was like, oh, what? I'm driving a car. Like, I woke up, and I'm, I'm driving a vehicle. Like, I don't remember being in the car. Like, it was horrifying. I wake up. We're off the road. I panic. I grab the wheel. And we're 85 miles an hour going off the highway, and I, I, I overcorrect. If I, had, if I had slowly, we'd have been fine. But I panicked. And we hit the lip of the highway and put us into a spin. Now, everything to this moment, I had been foolish, I had been careless, I'd been driving too fast, wasn't sleeping enough. All this stuff was a perfect potion of stupidity. What should have happened is a car accident. I mean, we're on a highway full of people. I'm going to hit somebody. Hopefully nobody dies. We spun through all the traffic across nine from one end to the other. Went across all lanes of dry pavement. Just going. Get to the other side of the, the highway. Go up on two wheels. Come back down. Facing the wrong direction on the highway. Other cars are stopping. Like, what just happened? Because there's no snow. There's no rain. There's just a guy losing control of a car. We stop, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, because you at first you're like, are we okay? And we're okay. I didn't deserve that. I had done so much to hurt us that day, and God and his kind of spared us from hurt. That's called mercy. And we're allowed to ask for it. Even if we did the dumb thing ourselves, we're allowed to say, God, I know I was wrong. And I know I should have listened. And I know I'm doing wrong still. But Lord, I need your good hand to get me out of this mess I put myself in. And he's so good, he often answers. Jeremiah's like, listen, I know Israel deserves what she got. I know Jerusalem deserves this. I still weep for her got a good friend of mine, and his brother had an affair. On, on his, there was two children in the home. He had an affair. His marriage exploded. And he was the bad guy. Like my buddy's brother was the bad guy. He, he had the affair. He blew up the marriage. And my buddy asked me, he's like, I'm so mad at my brother. He's such an idiot. My, but he's my brother. Can I still love him even though he's the bad guy? And I was like, I think so, dude. I mean, he's an idiot, but he's your brother. And eventually he's going to wake up and he's going to need you. Our family may do dumb things and may blow their lives up. They're still our family. We're, al we're allowed to love them even if they're dumb. 
is that God's allowed to love you even when you're dumb. So, Jeremiah understands that the pain he's going through came from God's hand because of their sin. Their sin was not immorality. Their sin was injustice. And even in the midst of the sin that they had so readily earned, Jeremiah asked for God's mercy, and so can we. So can we. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, Forgive us, O Lord, for we are sinful people. We are selfish and defensive. We are scared. We lash out. We spend money we don't got. We make promises we can't keep. We break the law to try to cut corners, Lord. We're afraid of money, so we seek to do illegal things. And you see all of it. Help us to repent of our sin, to put it down, to turn to you, to do things your way, because your way is the best way. And Lord, even when our sin leads us to, to pain, give us the courage and the lowliness of heart to come to you, even in that moment, seeking your mercy and your hand, because Lord, when we're down, we need you even more. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is true. In Christ's name we ask all these things. Amen.